HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by S. Wallace Edwards & Sons, third-generation cure masters producing the country's best dry-cured and aged hams, bacon, and sausage. For more information, visit surreyfarms.com. I'm Erica Wides, host of Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food, we talk about music, with musical dudes, finger on the pulse, snacky tunes.
All right. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. I am one half your host, Darren Bresnitz, Greg Bresnitz. He's still abroad. He gets back soon. Um, that was just Stream State by Psychic Twin, who will be playing in the second half of the show, fueled by uh, homemade charcuterie. Right? The, the, power, the power of cured meat, uh, which has been provided today by good friend, handsome devil, tattoo master, Jamie Bissonette. Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. Thanks for having me back, man. Uh, how have you been? How's everything going? Things are going good. Yeah. You know, I'm a little upset. You were in Boston yesterday, and there's no honest taqueria. I'll eat it a day, a day old. What is it with you? Every time I come back from Boston, that's all you talk about. I mean, I talk about... First, I say, it's so good to see you. Okay, you're right. And then I go... But the first time you called... This was the first time you've called me handsome, so... Well, we're, I, I want to put it on the record. It's official. It's official. Um, how is Boston? Boston's wicked good, as they say. Boston is wicked good. The leaves changing? Is it wicked, wicked pretty? I spend so much time in the kitchen, I have no idea what's going on outside. Huh. Yeah. Um, so you are here today because you have put out your very first cookbook, which is all... And the- my very last cookbook. Really? Yeah, that was an arduous process that I wasn't really fond of. Um... All right, let's talk. I mean, how much it's called? Well, it's called the charcuterie cookbook, but you know, I, you know, today it's not. You just can't have a restaurant. You just can't be on TV. Like I feel like people need to put out cookbooks, and I hear it's a mostly love hate thing for most chefs. I don't know. I think for me, writing that cookbook while trying to open up Toro in Manhattan while having two restaurants in Boston at the same time was problematic. Maybe oh, a little, is that, is that the maybe word a little bit too ambitious? That is. I mean, that's a lot. That's a that's a full plate. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, but I mean, now being removed from the process and seeing how beautiful the book it is and it's really fun and it, it tackles a, a, a subject that is definitely, as the kids say, hot right now. <laughs> I mean, do you feel happy that you did it? Oh, I'm wicked pumped, man. Like when Ken Goodman, the photographer approached me, said that he had a publisher that wanted to write a book about charcuterie, but not restaurant charcuterie or charcuterie for at home. I thought this would be a great way for me to write all the recipes down that, you know, what we do in the restaurant, scale them down so I could give them to people like you and my father and friends and people who don't necessarily have the access to a professional kitchen that could make some of this shit. I mean, charcuterie is definitely one of the scarier things to cook at home. You ever make meatloaf? Yeah. It's basically like pate, not in a mold, man. I know, but I think it's the, it's the, uh, the curing, the aging, you know, the concept of Bacteria, Put, or putting like, putting a perishable thing in the temperature danger zone, letting it ferment, and then taking your chance eating it. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's like exciting. It's like bungee jumping with your intestines. So, when did you get into charcuterie? Do you remember the first piece of cured meat you ever had? I remember uh, mise en placing out and weighing out to make saucisson sec back when I was still vegan, working as a chef. Really? Yeah. And what was that like? I mean. I didn't really care about the animals so much as it was like the straight edge hardcore vegan thing that I was doing back then, and uh, it was for me it was just part of the process of being a young chef, a young cook, and you know as I started eating it more and more, I fell in love with it. What was the first thing you ate? What what broke your your edge? Saucisson. Oh, I mean for being meat meeting? Yeah, steak tartare. Wow. Yeah. To the mountain. Yeah. To the top. Yeah. From freezer to fryer. Yeah. Seriously. Um, and what pushed you over the edge? A chef told me, he's like, you're a pretty good cook, but you're never going to be really that good if you don't understand it. You know, I was like, you can't be a good musician if you don't listen to music. You can't be a good chef if you don't eat food. That's true. That's very true. And so when – so you were making it before you started eating it. Mm-hmm. But when did the making it sort of flip into a passion? What was that journey like? It just kind of happened. You know, as a young cook, you're not allowed to give to do a lot of creative things in a kitchen. The chefs don't want you to take chances with things that are expensive. 
So when we got whole rabbits in, they would give you the kidneys and livers, and they'd say you can make something for staff meal. I did right. a lot of research and asked a lot of questions, and as I traveled, learned how to make a couple good pâtés and sausages, and the chef said, no, that's not going to be uh, for staff meal anymore. We're going to put that on the menu, and I started getting really passionate about it. And mm. it's, easy, it's easy to teach somebody how to pan fry a piece of fish and make yeah. a butter sauce, but it's really hard to take something that inherently smells bad, tastes bad, and looks terrible and make it into something delicious. So I, I found it as a challenge. There wasn't – this was in the mid-'90s, and there wasn't a lot of house, you know, house-made charcuterie things going on. And no. So I got, got really into it then. Uh, do you remember what one of the, the charcuterie you made that went from staff meal to menu? Chicken, heart, liver, and kidney pate with wild mushrooms. Mm, that yeah, sounds we, pretty earthy and funky. Yeah, and looking back at the way I made it, I mean, I've got all my notebooks dating back to 1992, and there's actually photos of it in the book. And I'm my, my pride to look back and be able to see what I did as a young idiot. And I look back at that recipe and I make it now, and it's like, it's like, it's pretty bad. Like bad, bad, good, good like bad. not good. Like it did not oh. taste good. Oh, yeah, really? <laughs> it didn't taste terrible. It needed to be on like wicked garlicky grilled yeah. bread with a lot of mustard. You know, all the all the all the things that bad charcuterie needs: lots of bread, lots of mustard, lots of pickle. So yeah. you forget that it's not good. So, um, what's your headspace when you're cooking? Sort of more straightforward food versus making charcuterie. Do you have a different train of thought? You listen to different music. Like, what's the vibe? I mean, my music tastes are all, are all over the place. I mean, I collect jazz records, so I could be listening to Dave Brubeck or Bad Brains at the same time. It doesn't matter. Can you can you taste a piece of charcuterie and be like, this was a jazz charcuterie versus like a hardcore charcuterie? I don't listen to music when I'm when I'm working with the with whole pigs and meats and stuff. I really just focus on it. I like the sound of the kitchen. Interesting. But when I'm cooking, I like to focus on just like the ingredients. If you've got yeah. something beautiful, just let it shine. You know, that's why we get whole pigs in, and we get these pigs from Raven and Boar right now. And people are like, oh, what kind of salami are you going to make? I'm like, I'm not. We're gonna we're gonna chop this up and like cook it medium rare as a fresh sausage because this meat is way too good. So, so what's a fresh sausage? Like Italian, like Italian sausage, like something you'd grill, something that's not fermented. Yeah, you just sort of grind it and cook yeah, it. Yeah, mostly because I'm impatient. So when something's huh. delicious, I want to eat it. So I can't wait like a year for a salami to be done with these pigs. We, we are still doing them because the meat's so great. But where are you curing at the restaurant? Not according to the Department of Health. Right. Oh, uh, okay. So it's great. So you have a commissary that's totally FDA approved. Yeah. Well, wink, <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Know wink, what I mean? Wink, nudge, nudge. Um, I mean, I've been out to Olympic Provisions and that setup. Is... Oh, I was just out there two weeks ago. Those dudes are killing, killing it. it. Their new facility is enormous. I haven't been. I went to the to a year ago when I was out. Oh, were you out there for feast? Yeah, I was out there for feast. Yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So I went a year ago and it was just like so FDA good. on site. Just like their operations, no joke. No joke. But that's why you see it everywhere because they put in that effort to right. And they made a conscious decision to scale their their recipes to be you know producing that kind of volume. For me, we with the stuff that we do, we don't make enough to sell to somebody else. I don't ever want to. I like processing one pig at a time. I like I like that process. I like the it's cathartic. How much product are you getting out of one animal? All of it. No, I know, <laughs> but you know, you know, like Dep- depends on the size, man. Yeah, but um, I guess how much charcuterie? Because like. So we, we get a whole pig in, and depending upon our mood and what's going on with yeah. volume in the restaurant, we'll make a we'll make a spreadsheet. It'll yeah. say head goes to head cheese, uh, cheeks go to guanciale, necks mm. go to copa, neck bones go to fried bones, uh, loins and ribeyes go to lonza and lomo, 
Um, tails get cone feed, back legs go, one will go to prosciutto, one will break down for milanesa or schnitzel. The front shoulders usually get turned into either rosso or ground into you know, pâtés. Bellies go to bacon or pancetta or sometimes fresh crispy pork belly a la plancha. It all just depends on what we want to do. Ribs turn into belly ribs, spare ribs, and then we save all the bones, cook them in dashi, fry them, and then toss them with nak chum and serve them as Vietnamese-style fried bones. Mm. I tell you I love your restaurants. Thanks. We love uh, you. And what is the uh, shakuri you brought today? Just a straight-up salami. It's like a 200-day-old. Uh, it's all from Brambley Farms in Norfolk, Massachusetts. It's just got pork, salt, pepper, a little bit of wine, a little bit of garlic, a lot of bit of age, a little bit of funk. Mm. Old enough to be So funky. I can say that I brought the funk. You did bring the funk. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get into the cookbook. So we're here with Jamie Bissonnette talking about his new 
All Thing Everything Charcuterie Cookbook. Um, and I'm going to ask you, I know it's like picking your favorite child, but which is your favorite charcuterie to make? And, or what's your favorite one to make and what's your favorite one to eat? My favorite charcuterie to make ever is Copa. Mm-hmm. That's why I named my restaurant in Boston Copa. Uh, I should have. I, I should have. I should have known. Nah. My favorite one out of the book, though, aside from Copa, is the Vietnamese mortadella, the Vietnamese bologna, because it's so unique. Um, and that's what you're gonna find on like a fuss sandwich, right? Yeah, exactly. No, like, yeah, like a bami. Like yeah. a bami. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, um, yeah it's it's good. I love mortadella. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so trashy. It's wicked good. Yeah, it's wicked good and trashy. I think I call in the book. I call it Vietnamese bologna because we're Americans. And yeah, it's bologna. It's bologna. Does is your bologna your first name? Is it J A M I E? Uh, no, it's S A T A N. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so let's talk about some of your favorite recipes in the book. I mean, if you know, it's easy to read. It's easy to follow. It's manageable sizes. But if I've never made charcuterie before, where do I start? Is it just I start the start off with some of the more the simple sausages? So I would say like habanero breakfast sausage. The duck prosciutto is a pretty easy fermented thing. Um, there's three tiers of blood sausage. I think one's called for beginners, one's for intermediates. That was a hardcore compilation, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I named one uh, blood sausage for ninjas because my friend Louie always says, that's really hard. Like ninjas need to do that. So I thought that'd be fun. Now, you, you work a lot with tongue, which I, I grew up eating and I really mm-hmm. love. My grandma's Hungarian. She would just make mostly like braised tongue. But um, I really love it when you can sort of like Add some pastrami spices and sous vide it and cook it down. Mm-hmm. Um, is that your favorite cut to work with, or do you have a cut that you love? I like most? working with tongue. I think I really love working with pork shoulders and, and lamb shoulders. There's mm. a lot of a lot of intermuscular fat to play around with. When you do a lamb shoulder, how long do you cook it for? Depends on what I'm cooking it for. It, okay. But generally, I cook it till it's done. That's what I tell everybody. Right, and that's like what <laughs> six hours, seven hours. Depends. Sometimes you can do them for like three or four hours. If you wrap it in tin foil, plastic wrap, marinate it overnight. Use a jacarter, beat the crap out of it. Yeah, there's a lot of different op- options. Do you get a lot of aggression out when you're prepping and tenderizing this meat? I found that when I used to cook before I went to anger management, uh, when I used to cook uh, angry, my food didn't taste as pleasant. It, it had more of like an you could taste the aggression in it. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh. And now, bad. anger is bad, my friend. I've learned. I learned the same way. I cook a lot with love now. Um, now, in addition to offal, in and like sort of charcuterie, you do a lot of awesome things like uh, the chicken wings, and you do trotters, and you do bone marrow, um, which are also a lot of dishes that people don't make at home, but are actually uh, painless in some ways. Like, if you can get good bone marrow from a butcher, roasting it until it's just hot. Put some salt and some lemon on it. It's pretty damn delicious. Yeah, I'm it has a, 21 essential amino acids, so it's not really that bad for you. I I uh, I made bone marrow once, and it was I made I think six or seven pounds of bone marrow. Jesus Christ! Uh, it took a while, but it was so good. Did you eat it all? No, it was for a potluck. I mean, that's a lot of that's bone. A lot of bone that's a lot of bone marrow. Yeah. But it's so good. It's I mean, some people don't like it. It's a texture thing. Yeah, people look at it like oh, it's weird and fatty, but it's actually not fat. It's soluble protein. Oh. Oh, is that what it is? I always thought it was fat. No. Huh. I mean, it's like more cholesterol per bite than any other, other part of an animal besides brains. So here's the thing. So a lot of times when you're serving charcuterie or something like that, it's usually like a platter or things like that. But do you ever take your cured meats or things like that and start implementing them to other dishes as an sure, ingredient? Sure, yeah. I think that's like, for instance, doing like a summer crudite with a couple slices of mm-hmm. a house-made soppressata or something like that in there can, you know, cut through the, you know, sometimes get eating just raw vegetables can be boring, but eating just meat to me is really boring. Yeah. My personal life, I don't eat a lot of meat anymore. Really? Yeah. I just, 
don't feel that good. I'm getting old. Can't can't digest it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I feel if I'm up late and I eat a sandwich is worse than if I you know drink a late night beer. Hundred percent. Like yeah. I wake up the next morning, I was like, dude, bodega, dude. Yeah, come on. No bueno. But, should... but yeah, cooking with restraint. I think anything cooking with moderation with anything is really awesome. So I like using the combination of like lots of fresh vegetables. And there's a couple recipes in there for things like botarga and like even like a pork liver botarga, pork loin botarga. And to, you, to do an all vegetable dish accented with a garnish of something ground in meat is something that I find kind of fun. Uh, did you discover any new types of charcuterie when you were researching this book, or is it all recipes that you knew going in? All, all of these are recipes that were in the databank. Yeah. So when the Charcuterie 2 book comes out, you're going to be... I don't know who's going to write that one. Yeah? Really? You're not going to get that itch again in like a year to be like, I'm, I'm going to do another book? Yeah, I guess writing a book's like herpes. You get an itch every once in a while. Yeah, every like year you go, it. you go, oh, this is, it's a little red, but it's sort of funky. Yeah, no. But it was If I do it. another book, I want to do, I want to do like something on not Charcuterie. I mean, yeah, do you think, I mean, it's a beautiful book. I mean, the photos are great. Do you think you said everything that... You wanted to say about charcuterie? I said a lot of what I want to say about it, but there's also so many awesome charcuterie books out there that are so like much better writ than anything I could ever do. Yeah, but yours is fun. Yours, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's. Yeah, but I'm not that smart, dude. I ran out of ideas. You're like, no, I'm just kidding. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, no you didn't. not at all. But I don't know. I, I, just, I don't think you left any meat on the table. <laughs> That's funny. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what is? I named a, I named a chapter for you. Which one? Hide the salami. Hide the salami. Yeah. Yeah. I, I started to figure that. Um, and you also do a lot of uh, fish in here as well. Yeah, I did some fish charcuterie because people forget about that. You know, yeah. like salt cod, bocarones when you do those white anchovies from Spain. Yeah. Um, botarga. I mean, I know that oh, botarga is fantastic. It's wicked. You use botarga in some of your other dishes too, though, right? I use it all over the like place. Like as a shaving, as like a seasoning. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people, when they. Th- it's funny, you're like, you say fish charcuterie, and someone goes, like, ugh, I never eat that. And you go, you ever have lox? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, well, that's, that's what that is. Anybody who makes a declarative statement about something that they're not an expert on is an idiot. And since nobody can be an expert on anything in the world anymore, everybody's an idiot for saying things like that. So you're an expert on people being idiots. Correct. Fantastic. Glad you caught that. That's good. Yeah. 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 So uh, I, I, we want to fit in a song, and then we have these lovely ladies who are hanging out, and I swear there's pizza coming. Wait, I, I have to sing? No, no, no. Oh, good. Uh, oh, uh, but um, people, you can get the book online. Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, can you pick it up at the restaurants? Yeah, we sell it at the restaurants. Awesome. Will you sign copies if you're there? Um, what I've been doing is I've been dipping my penis in pig's blood and mushroom right. stamping them. Oh, of course. So, yeah. Well, I didn't want to like state the obvious on the okay. radio show. We're trying to keep this a little. People fun. are like, "Oh, wow, what is that? It looks like a little tiny baby mushroom." But you know, I got to be honest. That's what it is. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, the first two pages are stuck together in this book. It's not that small of a tip. <laughs> that's pretty nice. Uh, well, Jamie, as always, thank you. Um, Jamie Biss for Instagram. You got a pretty good Instagram game. I fun. That's how you can tell when I'm drinking. Yeah, yeah. We all. Yeah, I mean, mine too. Yeah. Um, you stick around, eat some pizza with us. We. Oui. Every time I walked away, thought that it was done, and every try made became the one I counted on. You knew me when I loved to lose and to lose again Seems we're either giving up or giving in But ooh, you girls, you drive me crazy Ooh, you girls, you drive me crazy
man. I think I've listened to that song maybe 75 or 80 times this week. I'm not, I'm not mad at it. It's so epic. That one also goes out to Craig. If you're free tonight, anybody, come by the drink. We'll be there till about 10 o'clock celebrating the man that we lost and we love. We'll be raising money uh, for him in his honor. Um, super excited. Have three super, super talented women in the house. Psychic Twin, welcome to Psychic Tune. Thank you. Yeah. Do you want to introduce yourself? Say what you do. Uh, I'm Erin. I, I sing. Thank you. Um, I'm Zana. I'm the drummer. Uh, playing the electronic drums here. I'm Whitney. I play synth bass. Nice. Well, thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. It's a beautiful day outside, so it's uh, a little bit nicer than yesterday's. Discuss. I mean, New York during those days. Um, so why don't you give us a little history about the band, the project, the love, the passion? Well, um, I started Psychic Twin in Illinois, back in Illinois where I'm from, and um, moved out here alone, and kind of tried to, to keep it going with a couple dudes from back home for a little while. It was tough. Yeah? What made it so tough? Well, they were in Illinois, and I was oh. in Greenpoint. And they're a bunch of dudes. <laughs> bunch of dudes. Bunch of dudes. Um, Do you ever miss Illinois? Do I miss a little? Yeah. I, I miss my family. Yeah. Um, I kind of miss the... I used to ride horses and like, open spaces. Miss that a little bit, but I, I'm happy to be living in New York. Yeah. I mean, you could... Yeah, they don't really like... People have a bug up their butt about riding horses in the city. Yeah, people, that's a big thing right now with the carriages. Just knock a cop off one of the mounted units. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. And then ride from like Central Park down to work at Spotted Pig. Just, I should. Yeah. Should just gallop down to work and show up and that go would, to fashion. That would definitely get on either. At least you'll, <laughs> yeah. you'll definitely get tased. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so you moved to... How long ago did, have you been in the city? A year and a half. How do you feel about being in the city? How, how, do you feel like you've settled a little bit? Do you feel like... I, a lot of people say it's the one-year mark. It takes you to sort of get into a routine. It, it, I feel like it just happened for me in the last couple months. Was there a defining moment? Um, I went to Toronto, um, and okay. <laughs> I went to Toronto, and, and I was gone for the weekend, and I started to feel homesick, Ooh. and I realized that when I was homesick, I was really, really missing Greenpoint. Interesting. Where, and, do, you, where do you live in Greenpoint? I live right by McGulrick Park. Oh, I love that. Do you ever go to a heavy metal bar over there? Um, Ma- Matchless? No, Matchless. I actually don't even know the name of it, but it's just like this like oh. old Polish bar. Oh, oh, the it's Palace right Cafe? Right next yeah. yeah, the palace. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's great. It looks like a like a Bavarian site. Like there's a yeah, tutor. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. Um, no, I love Greenpoint. Where do you? Are, I mean, so many great restaurants that open up over there, like Achilles Heel, Alameda. Yeah, like that. I love Alameda. Actually, my tattoo is from a coaster from Alameda. Wow. It's kind of weird. Did they give you a free burger after that? Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. They were, I think, a little weirded out. My friend and I got matching tattoos. That's, wow. I mean, how much time do you spend at Alameda, or did you just saw that design and you loved it? Just saw the design and we loved it. But we, 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 we go there all the time. I uh-huh. love Alameda. Um, River Sticks, I really like. Uh, River Sticks is great. Yeah. Five Leaves, obviously. Five so Leaves. special joint. Super special. Yeah, Greenpoint, really coming up. Tours, things like that, fantastic. Yeah, Taurus is awesome. Do you cook a lot, or do you eat a lot? I do. I cook. I used to work in kitchens myself, actually. Okay. Worked on the line, all the stations. Oh, Got Jamie, you looking for a new, <laughs> new line chef? 
we're always looking for new cooks in New York. If anybody would like to come in and t- for a stage, we're always accepting you. Uh, I've heard that the, the, that's the most desired position in New York. There are no line cooks in New York. Everyone wants to be an executive chef, right? I don't know. Just there's not a lot of line cooks. So there's a lot of restaurants. Yeah. Uh, where did you cook? Um, it was in Champagne. It was in Champagne back home. Champagne. Champagne, Illinois. Yeah. It was, every, a, it was a place called Luna. Uh, every time I hear Champagne, I just think of that band Braid. Braid. Yeah. They're my friends. Really? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, I really, 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 really love Braid. Big fan. Yeah. I saw American Football last night. Oh, you did? Twice. Oh my god. Yeah. It's just been Reunion City. Like I went and saw Mineral. Oh really? A few, week, a few weeks ago, at Blood Brothers. Just you know who played last night? Who? Bod. Really? Yeah, that old Long Island terrible grungecore hardcore band. Dude, White Octave played like two or three weeks ago, which is like this post hardcore. Anyway, but how was American Football? They hold up? Oh yeah, they killed it. Yeah, they played like four shows, right? Yeah, they have another one tonight. They did, I think, three at Webster Hall. On a level of one. one to thinking about going. How close are you thinking about going? I'm gonna go see Generationals. Oh wow! There. Oh yeah, at Webster Hall. I mean, sorry, they're playing at Music Hall of Williamsburg. I gotta say, New York, as of recent, has been killing it on the show front. Yeah. Uh, who do I see this week? I saw Cloud Nothings this week, and they. Oh, cool. They were awesome. I like them. All right, enough about us name dropping bands. Right, let's hear us. <laughs> God, listen to us. Oh, you see this band? You see that band? Uh, you want to play a tune? You want to yeah. rock out a tune? What yeah. do you want to play for us? Um, we'll play one called "Stay Right Beside You." Okay, cool. Uh, here is uh, Psychic Twin live on Snacky Tunes. Thanks for listening.
awesome. Very appropriate music for today. Thank you. Can I ask in a totally, uh, I will say this in a non-sexist way, do you find the, the difference, what is the difference between playing in a band of all rad chicks versus like a mixed sex group band? Man, it's so much cooler. Yeah, that's it's what I so thought. much better having it all be women. Yeah, from my point of view. Which is, um, <coughs> there's just less ego. Mm. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm. Or just more room for yours. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ouch. No, I'm. Ca- um, I joke. You know, we kid because we love. This is. I'm speaking generally here, but um, to be a, a female and to be like a leader and to be in charge of men is. It's kind of tough. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I found a lot of times the men that I worked with would assume, just assume a lot of things I didn't understand that, you know, that I didn't know how to do that. Um, I write everything. And most of the guys that I worked with, I, I don't, I don't want to be a bitch. I just, uh, it just would be like, you didn't, oh, you didn't write that bass. Oh, you didn't write those drums or somebody, you know, and I'd be like, no, man, like, no, I did. Like I did that. And after Where did a while, they think you, you found it? I don't know. I, mean, I think that people assume uh, when you're a singer, female singer, that like some dude produced all your music and all your drums and you just like sang over it, which is totally cool. I have no disrespect for people who function that way. I've done that. It's it's great. But um, it's kind of a bummer, you know? Uh, so let's talk about the latest EP, Two Visions. Mm. Uh, killer. Thank killer you. EP. Thank you. What was the writing process there? Where did all those ideas come from? Um... Or, I mean, I'm sorry, my fault. Who wrote that music for you? <laughs> wow. this, this dude. This dude? This dude I was sleeping with. Oh, uh, sweet. <laughs> That's really, yeah. All right, well, this has been Snacky Tunes, and thank you. No. Uh, so so where, did, where did the visions come from for this? The visions, ooh. Um, honestly, I, um, I went through a divorce right before I moved to New York. Gotcha. And um, was maybe going to give up music. In order to make Bad idea. make my life function the way that it was. Gotcha. So I guess ultimately in my mind I was going through a real internal struggle as far as how to move forward, and I felt my life kind of splitting in half. So two visions. Yeah. Um. Obviously, you didn't stop making music. I didn't. What was the turning point to keep you on the path of doing this awesome thing? I started having panic attacks. Okay. And uh, ultimately realized that I was probably seriously suppressing my need to kind of move forward with this choice and uh, move away from what I had going before so yeah you can't keep this stuff inside I guess I couldn't my body physically told me no so was it one of those things where you're crying and then you started playing the keyboard and your tears just stopped <laughs> they turned into rainbows oh uh, yeah <laughs> I should have known that's it that's actually in your bio yeah. I should have read that it's in the bio the it's whole in the rainbow, bio. rainbow tier thing um, so this direction this new direction where you've, you had this uh, giant change and things like that did you find that it, it really changed the songs you wrote or let you go deeper or is it just a, a, a fuller version of what you've already done it got darker it definitely got a little darker what's yeah. it like writing some dark songs sad man yeah but do you feel happier at the end no really yes so then you keep. So you write a sad song, because you were sad. Yeah. And then you still feel sad, and then you play these sad songs. Do you feel happier after you play the sad songs? No. Okay. I don't think I get happiness out of it, but I feel like maybe I understand myself a little bit better. 
So you're, you're going through a few things right now. Going through some stuff. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. It's cool. You're in New York. It's okay. Yeah, this is arguably, I know people, this is probably one of the best times of the year, and then the energy of the city as we march towards the holiday season, it's a blast. I mean, you were going to spot a pig, you're going to see a lot of, probably going to a lot of nice tips. A lot of nice tips. People really start going from 20 to 25% during the holiday season. It's one nice. would hope. It's a good place to work. It's really intense, but it's good. That burger. That burger. Have you have you ever served um, Queen Bay and Jay-Z? I haven't. Uh, um, Kardashian, though. Okay. And Kanye. Okay. Yeah, they were all right. That's all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was he a good tipper? Did he tip well? Yeah, I think so. All right. We can ask you the real answer off, off the air. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. Um, <laughs> man, Kanye. Kanye. Well, I'll put it he didn't get rich by tipping people. No. Yeah. Uh, let's hear another jam. Okay. What are you going to play for us? Um, maybe Running in the Dark? Yeah. Okay, cool. Maybe Running yeah. in the Dark. Psychic Twin, here we go again live on Snacky Tunes. Yeah. Oh, 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 o
sweet. Super sweet. Super fun. Um, was that a depressing song? Because it sounded very happy. Um, it, it, it's a sad one, yeah. Okay. Lyrically. Lyrically, it's sad, but the beat, the beats, the beats uh, upbeat. Yeah, I like to dance. Yeah. I like I, to dance a lot. Sometimes when I'm sad, the only thing that makes me happy will be dancing. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same. Yeah. I just kind of weirdly dance around. I mean, do you just like peel out from Spotted Pig, go hit Meepa? <laughs> you know, just go to output. Go to output. Oh man. Just feel it. Just feel while. it. Just, just feel the vibe. Feel the vibe to the sun. Sunrise comes up, right? I've done that before. I mean... Have you? Uh, yes. <laughs> I can't even lie. My reputation precedes me, but yes. I've seen, I've seen one or two sunrises in my life. <laughs> Which is one or two. I get up that early, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny, because I actually... I, I play squash in the morning, and so during the winter, I see a lot of sunrises. Um, it's very different getting up than instead of staying up. Staying up, yeah. Different, yeah. Different, different feeling. I stay up late all the time, because the pig is up until four in the fucking morning, so... Oh yeah. What about that mix of uh, you're out, you're up, and people are getting up on their way to work, and that crossover? Yeah. I always feel like they look at me and like they know that I've been like a they bad know. person. Yeah, they're like, what I've have like, you been up I've to? Been a total scumbag. Yeah, but we look at them and go, I know you don't have any fun. Yeah. Well, actually, so when I used to do production work, every once in a while, I would be, I would be getting up early, um, and my favorite thing would be to see like guys. Like on the street corner, trying to close deals with girls at like five in the morning, yeah. and just as suave <laughs> as he thought he was in his mind at the time, like it's just such a sloppy like. Ah, like yeah. uh, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna. Well, maybe sometimes though, actually. Hey man, if they're both on the same place, yeah, on the same place. Just need just we need one yes. You just need one yes. Ninety nine knows, you know. <laughs> that ninety nine uh, time. So, what's up? What's coming up for you? Are you hitting the road? Um, Writing more music? What are you doing? Well, the the partnership between Rosanna and Whitney and I is just, it's pretty new. It's still developing. So right now we're kind of just, I feel like we're falling for each other. Yeah? Right now. Are you falling in love? Falling in love. Yeah, we're falling in love with each other right now. Um, spending a lot of time together. We're, we just had our first show together at um, Cameo Gallery. First off, shout out to Jiffy and Evan. Those Jiffy guys are the and best. Evan, yeah, those guys are so awesome. Um, how was the show? It was fantastic. How awesome is that paper installation? Oh, I love it. Well, technically it's not paper, it's, but I will forever call it paper. It's so cool. It's so cool. The, the, the sound is good. It looks good in there. They've done such an amazing job. It used to be very less than stellar. Really? And now it's an amazing, amazing it's my, it's, It might be my favorite place. Yeah, it's honestly. so intimate. And the sound's it. good. And it's right in the hood. Yeah, it's super cool. I love playing there. We have a couple. We have a bunch of shows coming up. We have some shows for CMJ. Oh, we're um, opening for Sylvanesso in, Phil- in Philly. Ooh, where are you playing in Boston? Philly? Um, Union transfer. transfer. Shout out to Sean Agnew. Yeah, Sean Agnew. R Five Productions. Um, yeah, we're playing in in Boston, and um, we're just kind of trying to to go nuts. We really want to go on tour and, and just. Do you come back from Boston to New York right after you play? Um, this will be our first time. I think we're gonna stay. Okay. Right? We're gonna stay. Roseanne and I went to college in Boston, so we have lots of friends. Oh. Yeah, they both went uh, to Berkeley School of Music. Oh, I went to BU. Oh, okay. Are you fans of Ana Sacaria? Um, Back yeah. in the day, yes. Many a drunk time. At <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember El Pilon. Oh. El Pilon is way better. Remember, remember it had that crazy fire? Mm-hmm. And then it, it burnt down? I remember stumbling upon El Pilon walking near the Fenway and being like, what is this magic? <laughs> um, I think that's what El Pilon means. It's the magic. It actually means the the bald person. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. But you were close. I'm close. I'm the close. I was super what is this matter? <laughs> it's so good. Uh, it's, uh, and I'm, it's a, it blows my mind. That's the only thing that Boston has over New York. Is it's it's a burrito game, Mexican? Game. I don't know. Danny brought it at lunch at Mission Cantina. Yeah, but you can get a burrito in New York for half the price. I mean, in Boston for half the price. The Cantina burritos are a pricey burrito. I can't argue about that. No, you can't argue with that. It's I great. I just don't remember the price. So it's I don't great. Want it's great. It's a fantastic. But one. it's worth it. I heard that there's this other this mission style called Brooklyn Borough, which is like at this pop up at Don Pedro's. Oh yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. supposed to be legit. Mm. I've had a Don Pedro's A couple of those. Yeah. Very good. Do you think we ever cook together? Do you, do you ever get together and do a little inspirado cooking? We have, we have once before. We need to. It's, it's coming. It's, it's Aaron and I only live a block away yeah. from each other, so it's, 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 it's going to happen. How did we you have drank together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> That's for sure. How did you three meet? How did you all... Tell 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 the least clean version you have. Okay, well, it's not um, so dirty. It's just a little dark. That's all. I I was in a band uh, with my boyfriend at the time. Empty uh, the band was Empty Chairs. Oh yeah. And um, Aaron lived with uh, Aaron lived with Peter, the Empty Chairs member. Um, but um, he recently passed away three Ooh. months yesterday. Actually. I'm sorry. And um, so after he passed, we kind of all just grouped together. And um, Aaron asked me if I wanted to be in the band. Rosanna's been my best friend for 11 years. So it all kind of just like That's a package worked deal. out. Yeah, yeah that's pretty amazing. Peter was playing bass with me before. Yeah, so I kind of took over his parts. Really, really, yeah. a really, really special thing that happened from something that's been pretty tough for us. There's a silver lining for everything, yeah. Yeah. I feel like, you know? Yeah, I hear you. Well, that's great that you two have found each other and making music yeah. that sounds happy, but it's also sad. <laughs> Which is a tough balance. Yeah. It's yes. a tough balance. Uh, well, listen, I want to make sure that we have enough time for one more song, but where can people find your music? Um, you can find it on Spotify. Beautiful. You can find it on iTunes. Nice. Um, we released uh, a, a seven inch on polyvinyl. Shout out to Polyvinyl. Yeah, I love brain. Polyvinyl. Yeah, Brain. Yeah. And um, hopefully... Label mates. More future stuff coming uh, up. Maybe, maybe you can put out a uh, three-way split with them in Aloha. <laughs> I, love... <laughs> I can talk to those guys about that. Hey, guys, listen. Uh... Want me to get you some autographs? I mean, look, if you can get me like an autographed xylophone key, I'm not going to be mad at that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> and then Instagram is Psychic Twin. Yeah, Instagram is Psychic Twin. How's your Instagram game? Oh, I'm on it. Yeah? I try to keep it really focused on music. Okay. I went a little off for a while, and then I like had this deleting spree. Where I was like, "Why the fuck is my personal life on here?" So I got rid of that stuff, and just I don't know. I, I try to post a lot of music-related stuff. Yeah. And drunk moments on occasion. And those sometimes are one and the same, right? Yes, a uh, lot for me, unfortunately. Awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, well, <laughs> people in New York should check him out at, during CMJ. Yeah. Um, which is. Still fun, CMJ. Sorta. Sorta. <laughs> yeah. It's still happening. It's hey, yeah. CMJ. Still happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's like South by. Oh, uh, South by is. I mean, even though that's its own thing, it's CMJ's. I mean, 
CMJ is it's like slowly it's like a slowly sinking ship. Yeah, it's, they're they're two different beasts, but you know, well, that is amazing. Yeah, and I want to thank Jamie for coming by and thank you for the salami. Thank you. And uh, check out his restaurants in New York and Boston. And then we are off next week because it's New York Food and Wine. We'll be DJing at Dale Talby's Dim Sum Party at Budokan on Sunday, Ooh. which is always super fun. And then if you are around tonight, please come by Craig Murphy, Murphy's 8th Annual Memorial Fundraiser. We'll be raising a lot of uh, money and having some drinks and remembering our friend uh, who was always laughing and sleeping on our couch. Um, he was the best. So what's the last song you going to take us out with? It's called Strangers. Okay, well, thanks so much. We'll see you in a few weeks. Shout out to everybody. And uh, Oh, and uh, happy 61st, 65th birthday to my dad, which was this past Friday. Aww. Yeah. They just, went to, they, they just went to New Orleans and just ate their faces off. My parents That's are in New Orleans awesome. right now. We have a lot in common. We're celebrating their 40th anniversary. Really? Yeah. That's be- weird. a beautiful city to do it in. Yeah, they're having fun. Just go, just hang out, fall in love, look at some Spanish moss. Fuck yeah. Yeah, okay. Thanks again. We'll see you real soon.
We talk about food. We talk about music with musical dudes. Finger on the pulse, snacky tunes. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.